Rupert Hughes building the roop. Joined now by Captain Mike Reinhardt uh, of the Sheriff's Department. Yes, sir. Okay. And you and young, I don't remember your name. <laughs> Quincy Whitner. Quincy. And you guys are from the Wounded and Recovering Fund or the War Fund. Yes, sir. That's correct. So let's talk about this. When if if I'm if I'm a deputy sheriff, and somebody decides to be a track star on me, and I try to chase him down, I blow out my ACL or I pull a quadricep or something. And uh, I go down, and I can't work for a while. What are what is the sheriff's department going to do for me to, to make up? Do they do I have like sick leave? I'm, how do I get paid during that time when I can't work? So you have sick leave through the county, and then obviously workers comp would would kick in in that right situation. Um, one of our kind of uh, niches is a lot of our guys work secondary employment right. security for employees when they're off duty, right? And they use that a lot, obviously, to pay some bills or use for extra money for things that they need to do for their families, right? That's kind of where we step in to, to help cover some of those costs that may not be covered by workers' comp. So, and but just the nature of the work itself, is there any limit to what kind of injuries one of your people can incur? I mean, vehicle accidents, being shot at or shot, you know, we, we've, wounded. We've, we've had, just like you talked about, we've had blown out knees. We've had uh, officers get shot. We've had vehicle accidents. Um we say things won't surprise us, but sometimes they do. But, yeah, it can kind of, <laughs> it can kind of run the gamut. So um, we've had experience in helping a, a lot of officers in Greenville County, not only just with our agency, but with the municipalities and the highway patrol um, in, in various different situations. Now, just at it, now th these, these moonlighting things that you guys do, is that, that's okay with the, with the chain of command, right? Yes, sir. There's a process we have to fill out secondary employment because um, obviously we're acting in the capacity as the deputy sheriff and right. we get, obviously get our, our authority from the sheriff himself. And it has to go through a process to where it's approved to where you can obviously utilize your authority as a deputy sheriff. And then obviously equipment comes into that, cars, uniforms, and, and all that stuff. So um, a lot of approvals have to go through, and we obviously have a policy for that as well. So, how long is the, so? When did the war fund? When did it come into being? And I'm going to presume that something happened that somebody didn't get covered, and it was sort of catastrophic for somebody. Yes, sir. Actually, we got started back in 2012. One of our deputies was shot on the line of duty over the Red Refit on Lawrence Road. Um, at the time, I was a sergeant in the uniform patrol, and one of my colleagues, Dale Silver, um, was actually kind of the brainchild of, of what got started with war fund. Dale was a big public servant. He has since passed away from cancer about five years ago. So this was Dale's idea um, to try to help people step in, do some fundraising events, and it's kind of grown from there. So it's kind of our way of continuing Dale's legacy. Does everybody in the Sheriff's Department know about this? They know that yeah. you guys exist? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So absolutely. how does, so how does uh, are you guys constantly watching what's going on in the overview to, to see if something slips past you, or do they have to come to you and say, I, look, I – I did this the other day. Can you help me with this? Because I'm going to be out and I'm, on, I'm losing money right now or something like that. I heard one of your segments earlier. Obviously, we have a vetting process. Obviously, at the Sheriff's Office, Quincy and I and, and the other individuals that are on the board that are affiliated with the Sheriff's Office kind of have an ear of what goes on in our agency. Right. We initially started with the Sheriff's Office, but the community was great in supporting us. Our Sheriff, Hobart Lewis, was great in supporting us, and we've kind of grown. So we actually reached out to all the municipal police chiefs, Chief Thompson, with the city and, and all the smaller municipalities and the Highway Patrol. There's a form that we fill out. Basically, they explain what the injury is, how it occurred, um, whether the individual is married, has kids, all, you know, loss of income, those kinds of things, and then we vote on it as a board. Well, I would have to say that the fact that this program exists at all, is, uh, it sort of knocks this particular region's law enforcement way out of the realm of what we see in some of these uh, other places where they're defunding police. 
Uh, do you guys feel like you're supported by the chain yeah, command? And absolutely, the absolutely, hundred yeah, percent. Our, our our sheriff is has been a very strong advocate for us. Um, we actually went and met with each one of the municipal police chiefs, and they are hundred percent on board with us. Um, one of the guys that's affiliated with Highway Patrol that's on our board actually worked with us at the sheriff's office. So a big tight community. Obviously, we don't work as closely together with the other agencies, but we're all in the same profession, and it's that that. Sure. camaraderie that we're, we're, we're trying to help everyone so um we're fortunate that we started out as the sheriff's office but we had to branch out countywide if uh if do you guys uh do you look out there trying to find uh funding or anything do you do you do, you do uh, fundraising or anything for this we do several fundraising events throughout the year um we have a golf tournament coming up in the spring that's in correct. april is that right that's correct and then the palmetto heroes hike is coming up through um our affiliation with upstate warrior solution who has been a great partner with us and helped us establish our 501c3 and all that kind of stuff that as a bunch of cops we had no idea how to do that so we needed a lot of help right uh, we have a falling steel pistol match in the fall, and then we have another golf tournament in the fall um, to raise funds. And then obviously we have social media websites where, where folks can donate to us as well. How would they find you? So our website is greenvillewarfund.com, and if you click on the tab at the top, there's a donate link where you can d- donate to that. Um, we have a Facebook page, Wounded in Recovering Fund, and also on our gcso.org, the Sheriff's Office website, there's a link as well for the war fund. So those are the three main ways people can reach out to us. Have any other law enforcement agencies looked at what you do and tried to emulate what you're doing? We've had a couple of folks reach out to us. Um, when we first started out, obviously, we were just getting started here in Greenville. But as we continue to grow, we would like to reach out to other agencies if they would be interested and kind of provide a format of how we did things um, so they can, you know, say Spartburg, Anderson, local upstate area, and, and anywhere throughout South Carolina. We'd be willing to help anybody that would be interested in in organizing something is it is it a labor-intensive thing or i mean is would you be able to make it easier for the next guy trying to set it up (laughs) i would like to hope so um like i said upstate war solution was extremely beneficial with us we had to go through things that we didn't know about 501c3s trademarking our logos getting insurance for events all the kinds of things that you don't necessarily think about at the time when you run that first golf tournament you just hand someone a check um, obviously we have financial things, tax things we have to do that none of us knew anything about. So it's kind of been a learning experience for us. So I would like to think that we could help someone if they were interested in that. Yeah, that would probably chase me off right there. If they were there. Well, you got to do paperwork. I'd be like, well, my heart was in the right place. <laughs> well, and obviously our board, I was, I, I was, in, I, I was thinking good of things. Our board is completely voluntary. We have no one on staff that receives it. All the funding goes to helping the officers that are injured. All of them are deputies. Um, deputies. Um, we have some outside folks that are retired deputies. Right. Uh, we actually have a gentleman that's a lawyer that's on staff, a financial guy. Things that we just didn't expect, but those are all our boards to get some outside perspective, not just from the law enforcement perspective. Um, there's a lot of logistics involved in the events and things, but yeah. But I would have to guess, without the law enforcement involvement, that this would never have happened. Because having that outside expertise is probably helpful, but yours is a very unique craft. Yes, sir. With a unique set of things that can go sideways on any given moment. Uh, what is it? A, a Twelve-hour shift. You got eleven and hours and forty-five minutes of boredom and fifteen minutes of sheer terror, something like that. It, it, it can. You can go from. You know, zero miles an hour to 100 miles an hour in 15 seconds. And Anybody that's worked, eye, worked so. in law enforcement can tell you that. So, so you have to prepare yourself for that most definitely. And since it takes a special sort of person to be able just to do that, I would imagine that there's a special sort of circumstances that can go sideways with them. That is, But you guys would be the ones that know about it. Yes, sir. 
You it's, guys probably ought to branch out and maybe think about doing something. A lot of money involved could be involved in this stuff <laughs> with this kind of perspective. Give out the website one more time if you would, please, sir. It's GrainvilleWarFund.com. And then obviously on social media, Facebook, we have uh, Wounded and Recovering Fund. Or you can find us on GCSO.org. When I asked these guys if the community supported them and their chain of command supported them, I mean, no hesitation whatsoever. A lot of nodding going on at the same time. So go check out these websites and continue to give that support because we live in a very nice little bubble right here. It's it's not nearly as bad as it is a few miles that away and a few miles this away. It's not nearly as bad as it is here. Greenville's super unique in that. Yeah. The, the people around here are the way to support law enforcement. We can't be any more appreciative for it. it. It's real special the way this county treats its cops. I think it's cool. I think I asked I asked a couple of road deputies one time. I said, "Do you feel like you're supported by the community?" They looked at me like, "Listen, it's okay if we talk to you, but that second head you just grew, we're not going to talk to you." <laughs> like I was, that was the craziest thing they ever heard. Thank you for taking the time to join me, guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We Thank appreciate you, it, yes, sir. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Tim Frisbee's SC Valor Program Coordinator. This is News Talk ninety-eight nine W O R D. As we float down the depth chart of what makes up Upstate Warrior Solutions, now we're now we're going in a totally different uh, area because we're bringing in the law. Joining me now is uh, Tim Frisbee. He's the SC Valor Program Coordinator. You work for Allen? Uh, co- co- correct, uh, Allen Wilson, uh, Attorney General, of South Carolina. Correct. And you're a he's he's one of these Army Ranger guys, and that means he knows how not to eat, how not to sleep, and how to never sit down. I've always been learn, learn to sit down, don't I? Okay, yeah. okay. You you've mellowed yeah. in your time. Yeah. I never, I never, I never trust someone that doesn't know how to eat. But anyway, that's all beside the point. You can probably tell that from me. You coordinate the Valor Program, which provides legal resources for SC military and veterans. Now, that is a wide gamut of services. How how do you manage that? Now, are you do you have a department that you work with, or is it just you? Or? Right. Well, well, I'm the coordinator of the the Valor Program, which stands for Veterans Armed Forces Legal Outreach. And as far as the wide gamut, what we try to do is just provide a little piece of it. Right. Uh, because what what's happened is uh, across the military, you've they've always always trying to cut something. So what they've done is kind of cut legal resources for retirees and veterans period uh, at these JAG offices on the military installations. Right. So, for instance, in the Columbia area, folks used to be able to go to uh, Fort Jackson and Shaw Air Force Base or any, any of the, Air Force, any of the uh, military bases uh, in South Carolina and get legal aid. Uh, that's no longer the case. They only service active duty and uh, reservists and National Guard while they're on active duty. So there's really limited... Uh, legal resources uh, for veterans uh, and their dependents out there now. So, Alan Wilson, being a uh, the, the attorney general, also being a National Guard uh, colonel, right, uh, understands this. And so he tried. He's created this program to just capture a little piece uh, to help the veterans. And what we provide is wills, power of attorneys, living wills. Uh, when we conduct our clinics. So in this case, we're working in partnership with uh, Upstate Warrior. Right. And uh, we provide to this community that service. 
So the Valor program is uniquely South Carolinian? Correct. Yeah. It, it originated uh, originally in Arizona. Okay. And then uh, Alan Wilson picked up on it and wanted to create it for South Carolina. So there's a few, uh, three, four of them throughout the nation, but uh, we're one of the, the beginning programs. So I guess having a place like Upstate Warrior Solutions works out pretty good because most people don't know you exist, do they? Correct, correct. It's uh, so we get you know getting the word out through organizations like Upstate Warrior right. and the other partners we have throughout the state is definitely definitely helpful. Now we just got to make more people aware of Upstate Warrior Solutions, and that'll that's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to do, Catherine. <laughs> the the stuff that you were talking about, the limited power of attorney and all this other stuff. This is the kind of thing that a veteran, as they're coming to the end of their life. When people are taking care of them, this is when this is sort of an important thing for them, isn't it? Because yeah. do they get taken advantage yeah. of? Yes, absolutely, all the time. And uh, obviously, the will very yeah. important. Yeah. Everybody needs a, a will uh, if they want their the things that they want, hold dear to them uh, uh, parted out correctly to the people that they want it to go to. Right. So uh, that's that's number one. And then, of course, uh, a power of attorney is. Uh, it can be used for various things. You can have an overall durable power of attorney, which allows somebody to do just about anything on your behalf, or you could have a limited power of attorney, which would allow them to do something like sell a house for you right. or a car, so uh, things of that nature. And then the living will are your directions to a hospital or to uh, a loved one of your wishes should something happen to you, uh, whether you want them to keep you on life support uh, organ donation, things like that. Those are all in place so that that document's available at the hospital uh, should you ever, you know, go into a hospital or a situation like that. Now, does somebody ever come to you that you have to turn away just because this is it's not part of uh, the, the umbrella of services you're offering? Do you have someone to refer them to? Yes, and, and that's where, where the organization – our office in Columbia, we, we get calls every day. Right. So what we try, if we can't help them through the legal, uh, the, the minimal legal assistance that we give, then we try to refer them out so that they're not making a ton of phone calls. We try to get them to somebody that can help them at least answer the questions. How would people find you? How do they? I mean, like, if, so mm-hmm. what's what's the likelihood? Is it more likely that somebody might call Upstate Warrior Solutions saying, "I need some help with this. My father's a veteran." He wants to do this, and I don't have the money to do this for him, and I, we, we need – would they be referring – or do people just find you organically? Uh, people will find us. Uh, obviously, we're on the, uh, the Attorney General's website, skag.gov, right. uh, uh, South Carolina Attorney General.gov. Uh, so you can go on his website. Uh, Valor program is underneath, uh, you know, uh, the, one of the titles on there. So you can find us that way. And then, obviously, through uh, partnership with the uh, people we partner with, we get networked out, and it gets the word gets out there. How often do they send you out to do these clinics? To uh, we to- try we try to do at least we sometimes we do twice two a month, but we try to do at least one a month. So we get uh, you know we do twelve to fifteen depending uh, per year. Uh, so any county that has a veteran service officer or a nonprofit or a for profit that uh, uh, wants to partner with us, because that's the key. We need a partner in the region. Uh, so and then we we can recruit the pro bono attorneys uh, in your county uh, to help with the the clinic. Are there any regions in South Carolina where you haven't managed to partner up yet? Yes. Well, yeah. There's some far at, more or less like down in Horry County, okay. Williamsburg, places okay. like that. Lee, 
yeah. uh, Chesterfield, Beaufort, uh, places like that. And we they have reached out, so we're coordinating with them to get a clinic there. So you're just not with them yet. Correct. Yeah, correct. So. With that, with that uh, as uh, as you guys push forward, are you going to look at maybe expanding this? Or are you sort of good where you're at right now? This is a pretty pretty successful program, and it's better to maintain it this way than to get a little too thinned out there. Yeah, uh, it, it, legal services get you know tend to get more difficult as you get into to the weeds. Like for instance, even with our program, we don't do a state type planning, so we do a simple will. Right. Uh, can even get complicated a little bit, but once you start having uh, properties and lands and stuff like that, then you probably really need to see an estate planning attorney. Right. So uh, we we kind of limit our scope right now, and then uh, we'll see as we go. Uh, the uh, the, gen- the attorney general recently kind of added first responders to it. So uh, a first responder may be able to sign up for these clinics when we go out. South Carolina takes pretty good care of the veterans, don't they? Yeah, we they they try. I've, to, I've seen uh, a couple of other organizations, and I mean, I, I don't know how prevalent or how ubiquitous that is throughout the nation, but yeah, I also I, I, probably that's why there's so many of them around here. Yeah, well, and overall, South Carolina being you know having one of the biggest military installations in the nation, kind of really takes care of their veterans. It's, but it's it's this legal piece that's real critical because. There's not much free legal aid out there. Obviously, no. lawyers, that's how they make their money. So, yeah. uh, you know, anything that the veteran can get free as far as uh, legal aid is a very helpful tool. So you're a father of six. You and, Any of those six, or did they follow you into the military? Then follow me into the military. Uh, all of them went to college, and uh, my last one just graduated from uh, Texas State. It was down in Texas. Well, you don't so, look that much older yeah. than me. Were you a volunteer? Mm-hmm. You, you volunteered to go in the service? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't feel the call or if you don't hear the call, rather, I, you probably shouldn't go. But I always, I always find that interesting, I, especially in today's world. And I'm not, gonna, I'm, I'm not even going to take you there. Yeah. Not even going to force you to go that way yeah. there. Yeah, I came in right after, right after the Vietnam era, so the early 80s. So, uh, I uh, came in in 84. Mm-hmm. I, came in, I came in because same of the, the Marine Corps barracks being bombed in Beirut. Okay, same year I came I thought in. we were getting ready to go. So. In any event, I, I anytime I see this, I the thing is, most of these other states that are so backwards with veterans, uh, I don't understand why our government is uh, not leading with all of these. I, I feel good knowing that you're part of South Carolina government, but I mean, I don't understand why the legislature is not out there pounding on their door and on your door. And what else can we do? What else can we do? I never understand that, especially with uh, South Carolina being sort of dependent in a lot of ways. So, uh, Columbia, what would Columbia be without Fort Jackson? Right, yeah, it's a big, big part it'd be a of shanty uh, town. the economy, correct. Yeah, it'd be a shanty town with the state house in it. So, mm. anyway, I, I'm i glad you came by. I didn't know this existed. Later on, when I when I get to the point where every dime I've got coming up is going to the lotto tickets and the Slim Jims, mm-hmm. my people will be contacting you. There we go, there, there we go. go. Thank you for stopping by. This is SC Valor Program. Tim Frisbee. He is the he is the coordinator. Coordinator. Yep. I can't see it because it's printed with really light ink. Thank you, sir. Thanks for stopping by. You're welcome. Coming up next, we're going to talk to a blast from the past who has always been present. He is the he runs something called the Torch Cigar Bar. His name is Chuck Porter. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D.
All right. I wasn't trying to be too cryptic on that, but joining me now from uh, the Torch Cigar Bar is uh, he was the host of Salute to Service on Saturdays at WORD for how long? Gosh, I think it was about six years. Six years? Yeah. And uh, now now he has a cigar bar in a very iconic part of uh, the downtown area. Yeah. And this is Chuck Porter. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Now, think about I'm good. The thing about Chuck, Chuck was the second sponsor of Lock and Load when uh, I might, you know, I would have taken 20 bucks and a carton of cigarettes to get a sponsor. I think that's what I gave you. <laughs> it was more like 40. I was a very hard-edged <laughs> negotiator back in those days. Um, you have always, now, you, you're a Marine. Yes. And uh, you're, you're former law enforcement. Yes. And so you have always existed either in giving to or working with veterans. Correct. Yeah. So now uh, uh, you're right down below the LEC. Do, does the Sheriff's Department know you're there? Do they stop by Oh, boy, do they. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get to see a lot of my friends and, and, you know, new faces, not only from the county but from the city as well. So it's it's cool for me to have that, that building and, and for them to have that access to me to be able to, to say hi. You yeah. Know? Right across the road from that fire department, too. Do you, any the firemen come by there? They do. Yeah. They do. They do. Uh, they'll come get a cigar every once in a while off duty. And, you know, it's good to see those guys and give them a hard time any opportunity I get. Yeah, well, I mean, they do a job I wouldn't do. At law enforcement, I might would do. Uh, fire department, no way. Yeah, it, that was just not my speed, man. No. <laughs> Those guys, no. they're far better than I, no, than I am. No. Running into a place that's on fire, I, I, my, my natural instinct is to run away from Correct. a place that's on fire. So uh, with, with you, uh, for, for you, right, how often do you uh, do any forays into, or are you always engaged with veterans in law enforcement? You know, I, I think just because of my circle, um, I'm always engaged with somebody that's either a veteran or uh, active duty or uh, – law enforcement or you know a firefighter some kind of first responder uh, i think it's just the nature of of being in that community for so long right. and existing in that 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 world that you kind of gravitate towards those people and they gravitate to you so yeah i'm i'm pretty well surrounded by people like that even even my daughter right so i uh, here recently i mean not recently recently but i, I began to regard you as an elemental figure well, that's uh, yeah. that's a big word. That's a big word. So, like that time that I bumped into you at Shot Show. Yeah. Now, what's the likelihood that any two people that know somebody from anywhere else are going to bump into each other at Shot Show? Slim to none. Because Shot Show's just so big. Even madness. if I know you're there, I might not be able to find. Correct. You. Yeah. It is madness. I ran into Chuck there at Shot Show. He's carrying an AR-15 and a nice little tote bag and everything, and acting like I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Well, everybody does there. <laughs> Boy, Every, everybody does there. I, I, I haven't run into anybody yet that doesn't know what they're doing, and I haven't run into anybody that really does know what they're doing. Indeed. So it's always somewhere in between. So uh, is 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 the torch is the last thing? Is that going to be the last thing that Chuck does? Or are you looking? You got to. Is the horizon still wide open? For you? Oh man, the horizons. Yeah. I, I'd like to 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 build this into a, an empire and you know retire comfortably off the coast of belize on a yacht but we'll see what happens can you can you have a gun in belize i don't know but international waters are international one, waters you know man. one thing the first thing chuck said to me uh well not the first thing but one of the one of the really quick things right after we started with lock and load was he uh, he he unholstered his uh his concealed carry weapon he said let me show you a man's gun <laughs> 
It wasn't the Walther, was it? No, it was. It was. It was your. It was your. It was your forty-five. Yeah, it was that Kimber I had. Yeah, yeah. Still have that gun. Yeah. Yeah. You still carry it? No, um, because of my advanced age, I went with something a little smaller and lighter. Yeah. Just because I'm old and feeble. Those nerve endings begin to tell, don't you? Yes. When you're you're pressing in on it and everything. Starting to get a little crotchety. Start start saying, I could wear a shirt looks like a caftan and wear (laughs) outside the waistband. (laughs) You could do that all day. I do it sometimes. I might be doing it now. One would never know. Never know. That's why you wear plaid. Anyway, uh, I had been trying, we'd been trying to get you a salute to service. That was a surprising show in that I just... uh, that would never have occurred to me to make a radio show about that. And yet you guys not only did it, you did it successfully. You know, that – I've got to I've got to say that uh, I guess the brainchild, I, I guess it was Steve and, and Mark that uh, came up with that. And then, we, you know, we did the casting call and everything. And, and John and I were lucky enough to get get the jobs. And John and I were different enough that it made conversation easy. Yeah, we agreed on a lot of things, but we came to the same conclusion by very different roadways. So it made for interesting dynamic on the radio. John's a hell of a guy, and uh, it it made the show consumable, right, for people. Well, I'll tell you this, and you know, I knew you before you got it. Yeah, and I was I was quite impressed at how easy you did it. Oh well, <laughs> you, you, you when you got into it, right? I didn't know what your background is on was with that, right? I'd never when when I was asking you to sponsor the show, I'd never been. Hey, have you done a podcast? Have you done a radio show? Right. And when you started actually doing, I just sat back, and said, "Okay, I'm impressed." Okay. Well, because you got I, the cadence, you you know, you you got timing, you got all those things that can't be taught. Well, I, I think. Uh, well, I spent a lot of years talking on a radio, just not. <laughs> yeah. Just not this kind of radio. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the learning curve was steep, really, because we didn't have a lot of time to, to learn. Right. So we went out of the frying pan into the fire, and we got started pretty quickly. And, you know, our first few shows were were rough. They really were rough. <laughs> but uh, once we got it figured out, man, it, it became pretty natural, pretty right. fluid. And I enjoyed it. And I'll tell you, Upstate Warrior Solution was, was somebody that we got to be familiar with uh, through the show. Right. And to see what they've become and what they've been able to do, and the guests that you've had on today, man, that's that's incredible. I, my hats off to them. Um, imagine if we had had the resources available to us. I didn't know this stuff existed. I mean, it existed when you were sponsoring the show, and I didn't know that existed then. So, I mean, uh, you know, I'm glad that they're they're out there and they're getting out front and center and everything else. But uh, it's it's a good day in South Carolina when they're taking care of the veterans, I think. Absolutely, so. man. And, you know, with uh, Mike Reinhardt that you had on with the Sheriff's Office in the, in the War Fund, uh, another intricate piece of uh, the puzzle when it comes to taking care of people, not only veterans but first responders as well. That's a, a great thing that they're doing. So, I mean, again, hats off to, to both these organizations for doing doing the Lord's work, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the biggest disappointment coming out of the military was – you know, up to that point, I was deployable. Is this that ETS out of the service? See ya. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I, did you ETS? When did you get out? Nineteen ninety-six. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's been a minute. But yeah, we took our SEPS physical, and we had, I think, a, a two-day class on, uh, you know, how to fill out a job application, and that was about it. Yeah. You know, there wasn't really anything afterwards. So glad to this have is you. Great. It's good to have you back on the radio, Chuck. Oh, it's great long. to be here, Bill. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on. My pleasure. I'll be. We'll be doing this again. I think. Anyway, I feel like the we torch. Were. Where do they find a torch? 
500 East Park Avenue in Greenville in the Gateway District, and you can find us online at torchcigarpub.com. There you go. Coming up next, Sarah Morrell. She's from the Columbia VA Healthcare System. I drive by it on a regular basis. This, this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. We are winding down on the final approach to the lunch catered by Ingalls Markets here at 770 Pelham Road, Rupert Hughes Building, the Roop Upstate Warrior Solution. Joining me now is Sarah Morell, and I think you're a homegirl of mine, too. Are you from Columbia? No. No, but no. you're in Columbia. I am actually stationed here at the Greenville Outpatient Clinic. But you do some work in Columbia. I do work in you Columbia. You drive through Columbia occasionally. Occasionally. Okay, I got yes. you. She's from, uh, from the, she's from the Columbia VA Healthcare uh, System. You're the Veterans Justice Outreach Coordinator. What is that? Correct. That is exactly correct. So the VA has a national initiative that has basically come down to the local VA medical centers where we work with justice-involved veterans, right. veterans who have legal issues, legal concerns, just any type of legal need. We work with them on the treatment side and the coordination and linking them with the VA healthcare system. Right. And then a lot of times we will work with the solicitor's offices under the Veteran Treatment Court programs that operate throughout the state as well. That, that hospital down there in Columbia is mammoth. Yes. That's a big place, and they keep adding to it. I mean, I, li I lived down there. We moved away from there in 76, and it was nearly as big as it is now. Yes. In 76. So, I mean, they, they just kept adding on it and adding on it. Um, with this with and the justice, the, the outreach part of it, What when we're talking about they're involved in they need they have a justice need what what are we talking about here is this criminal or what are we talking it can run the gambit anything anything bad check anything anything now yeah. there are limits on what we can do oh, okay because i'm a licensed clinical social worker licensed clinical addiction specialist right so i work on any underlying issues or concerns that may have led to their legal involvement especially those mental health, substance abuse, medical issues um, that haven't been addressed and need to be addressed, and we coordinate with getting them linked into the VA to get those issues and concerns addressed. Are you addressed. intertwined with other agencies that might have to do things you might not be able to do? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Upstate Warrior Solutions is one of right. them. Um, we love our partnership with Upstate Warrior Solutions. We do the Wills Clinic, which we're doing in partnership with Valor and right. with UWS. Okay. So we coordinate with other communities. Community partners, veteran service offices in every county. We have that collaboration and partnership. So you're statewide. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Whoa. So uh, is it? See, I've always thought the Low Country and uh, between Columbia and the Low Country is like this no man's land for a veteran if they're out there because it's so sparse down there. Uh, is it not? No. Okay. So South Carolina, I would say, is unique, but it's not unique. Right. It's covered by two VA medical centers. Right. You have Columbia that right. I'm a part of. We cover the bulk of the counties in South Carolina, but the low country is actually covered by Charleston's VA medical center. Okay. So South Carolina is split, and there are even some counties along the South Carolina and Georgia border that are covered by the Augusta VA. Now, just because I don't know. 
It's probably been common knowledge forever, but I don't know. What is the Veterans Center that's out here off of Augusta Road that uh, is down beside the hospital? That's where I'm stationed. Oh, okay. okay. So that is the Greenville VA outpatient clinic. We've got seven throughout our Columbia catchment area that covers South Carolina. Now, I don't know if you could answer this question, but I've been dying to I I never got to ask this question, right? So in 2015, I had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Now, at the... uh, there was no discussion going on, but what would have happened if I had showed up with a DD-214, I'm not in the VA system, and I'm having a heart attack? Would they have taken me there? Yes. Oh. If you would have reported to the emergency room, our emergency room in Columbia is just like any other emergency room throughout the state. We're governed by regulations, rules to provide that care and services. Right. So regardless of you being a veteran or not, we would have still be under the requirement and obligation to treat well, when I, you. When, I'm say, when I say I'm not in the veteran system, I'm not actually enrolled in the VA? Yes. They still would have taken me. Correct. Okay. And, and part of what we do for you or any other veteran that shows up is we would go through the process of determining your eligibility for VA and Veterans Health Administration programs and services. You'd at least get me stable before I had to catch a cab? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> That is correct. <laughs> yeah. I thought about that at the time, but, I mean, I was I, my, my heart attack was bad. So yes. I, I wasn't really in a reckoning state of mind at that particular time. So with this, uh, you know, there's, there's been a lot of talk. Uh, I for, for some reason with the older veterans that might need various services and everything, they always seem to be targeted by the government for various little means and schemes and everything else. Do you guys have to get involved in that too? We take all calls as far as a veteran with a legal issue or a concern. Now, there's going to be limits on what we can do, but we take those calls, we assess them, we try our best to work with the veterans and other legal entities that hopefully can help them address the issue. Because we're not providing the legal services ourselves, of course. In fact, we're prohibited from even giving legal advice. But what we do is work with our community partners to give resources and serve as the support to help that veteran navigate that legal issue. Point them in a direction. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that, that always works out. That yes. always works out pretty good. I, you know, once again, I mean, this is this is a you. Now, is this a South Carolina thing or is this a VA thing? This is a, this is a VA, VA thing. thing. But you're in charge of South Carolina. You're the coordinator. I am one of you're three. The boss. Well, no, no. You're the boss. I'm one of three bosses. Well, I only know you, so you're the boss. Yeah, you're the boss. Yes, Listen, sir. thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. This was awesome. Uh, it is chow time here at the Roop Upstate Warrior Solutions, 770 Pelham Road. I'll be talking to you in about 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.